got a Bible, I, I encourage you to bring a Bible to youth because it helps you a lot. So if you've got your Bible, we're going to go to the book of Mark. Can somebody say Mark? Mark, going to the book of Mark, chapter 10, and we're going to look at verses 35 to 45. Mark 10, verses 35 to 45. If you've never met me, my name's Josh. Uh, Josh, everyone, everyone, Josh. And I get the privilege of running this thing. So if you damage stuff, you'll meet angry Josh. If you keep everything good, you'll always meet happy Josh. But great, how good is it back to be? How good is it to be back at youth? So good. And everyone's birthdays today. Toyin, my man, biggest biceps at one youth. Emily, uh, hidden biceps in one youth, and Bella's coming up. So birthdays everywhere. What better way to have like to have you celebrate your birthday than come to youth? Favor, hey, favor. So if you go to if if we go to the book of Mark, uh, Mark chapter ten, there. So you'll see. If you read it, there's a, there's a situation. So who, who's heard of a man called Jesus? We believe he's more than a man. We, mean, we believe he was God in a bod. And we believe that uh, he walked this planet. He really existed. but he And he said some pretty crazy things. But th- who's heard of then the 12 disciples? So Jesus had 12 disciples. Two of those disciples were brothers, James and John. Can everybody say James and John? So James and John were brothers who were disciples of Jesus. Correct? Correct. So then the... So what happens is, so Jesus is hanging out with his disciples, or, or, or the disciples are hanging out with Jesus, and James and John come up to Jesus. They go, Jesus, do us a favor. Come on, if you know if you're with Jesus, you would ask him for a favor. So it's Jesus, do us a favor. When we get to heaven, we want the seats of honor. When you're sitting on your glorious throne, we want to sit on the right and on your left. We want the seats of honor. honor. So now what does that mean? Okay, so I've got some car keys right here, right? Got some car keys. License to drive. So if I flash these out right now and said, who wants to come to KFC? Right? Who, who's keeping this KFC? I'm buying. Now, what would you do? You say shotgun. Anyone else here? Claim shotgun. Why? Because you want the front seat. So in a sense, what was happening is that James and John are saying, hey, Jesus, when you get to heaven, we're calling shotgun. We want the prime seat. We don't want some back seat pleb uh, passenger thing. No, no, we want the front seat. We want to see where we're going. Uh, can you just put up a meme for us there, Liana? Uh, there should be a meme come up any moment now. There we go. I don't know if you've ever seen this. When your friend gives you the aux cord, auxiliary, AUX, depending on how you say it. I love that. When, and you, you mad DJs, whoever. Who, who here is the playlist king? Who's got the songs that make DJs happy? Anyone here? Leanna reckons she is. So, so when you get to the front seat, when you call shotgun on the car, where what word is, uh, with great power comes great responsibility. Who knows what I'm talking about? If you're going to call shotgun, if you're going to have all of that privilege, you better be backing that up with some DJ killer beats, yes? No one called shotgun should be shotgun if they don't have the capacity to provide some beats. So if you're that person that calls shotgun and you don't have good beats, Come on. So, so, but does that make sense? So Jesus has his disciples, James and John, they call shotgun, but then they don't have the capacity to provide the beats. But we're going to read now from verses 41. So it says this, when the other 10 disciples heard what James and John had asked, so when the other 10 disciples heard James and John called shotgun in heaven, they were indignant meaning they were angry and annoyed because of the, uh, the unfair treatment. 
They're saying, that's unfair. If you get shotgun, we can't be shotgun. So it started to cause an issue. Continuing reading, verse 42. So Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers uh, in this world lord it over their people and the officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Can everybody here say, among us? Among us, it will be different. Among us, it will be different. All right, we nearly got there. So continue reading. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man, Jesus, can everybody say Jesus? Jesus came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life for ransom for many. And I'm just going to quickly jump to Luke chapter 22, verses 26 and 27. It says this, but among you, it will be different. Can everybody say among us? It will be different. Among us, it will be different. Continuing reading, those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank. And the leader should be like a servant. Who is more important, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? The one who sits at the table, of course, but not here. For I am among you as one who serves. I'm going to pray. So if you want to close your eyes and just connect to God right now. Holy Ghost, we want more of you. We want to hear you clearly speak to us. We don't just want this moment to pass us by and go, oh, well, what was that about? But God, we want this divine connection. We want to hear you speak so clearly that we can live a life that reflects you, that we can live a life that changes the world. And God, we just believe that you're speaking, you're moving, and these are going to be some of the best days of our lives. And all of the disciples of Jesus said, we agree. Amen. So um, I love what Jesus says to his disciples, among you, it will be different. And so is there any disciples of Jesus in this place? Oh, so that, I'm going to start again. This microphone must have been off. Is there any disciples of Jesus in this place? Yeah, yes, come on. So among us, it will be different. Because Jesus said to his disciples, among you, it will be different. So if we're disciples in this place, let's say it with me again. Among us, among us, it will be different. Hmm, among us, among us. Where have I heard this before? Um, has anyone else got a phone here? Give me a wave. Have you got a phone? Put on the torch. We've got a bit of a carols going on. Oh, no, okay. So on, I got a smartphone, right? And because I have a smartphone, it has this thing called an app store. And anyone familiar with that? Now, there's this little app, pretty unpopular, called Among Us. Has anyone heard of this, this game? No? Okay, well, since you haven't heard of it, let me explain it to you. So Among Us is a game for four to ten players. Hopefully you've got the ten because we don't want bots. Amen? Amen. So there's crewmates and so attempt to prep their spaceship for departure. They're, but beware. Warning. There is an imposter bent on killing everyone. <laughs> right? The goal of the crewmates is to identify the imposter, eliminate them, and complete the tasks around the map. The imposter's goal is to covertly sabotage and kill the crewmates before they complete all their tasks. So players suspect uh, to be imposters may be eliminated via an election, not with domain systems. Um, uh, <laughs> sure, got that one. Election vote, which which any player may uh, 
uh, initiate by calling an emergency meeting except during a crisis or reporting a dead body. So crewmates win if all imposters are eliminated or all the tasks are completed, whereas imposters win if there is an equal number of imposters and crewmates or if a critical sabotage goes unresolved. Anyone who knows what I'm talking about? That's, the, that's Among Us. That's the app. That's the game. So this game, Among Us, holds some spiritual truths to it. Believe it or not, the game Among Us has a lot of similarities to the kingdom of God. So I'm going to break that down to you, right? So in, in our world, in planet Earth, we've got people everywhere, yes? We've got people here. You go to school, there's people. You go down the street, there's people. You go anywhere, you'll find people, apart from when COVID was locked us in, in our houses. So there's people everywhere. We would call them crewmates. But here's the thing. At first glance, everybody looks the same. At first glance, everybody is similar. But in Among Us, there's a saboteur. There's an imposter, right? There's someone that's different. And it's the same thing in this earth. There's a thing called the church, the body of Christ, Christians. We are meant to be different. But So here's the thing. So at first glance, you see um, everyone looks the same on the game Among Us, but someone has a blade, right? Someone has a knife. The imposter carries around a blade. The imposter carries around a thing used to kill people. Chop their little heads off, right? Who knows what I'm talking about? The imposter, yeah. Can, ah. So, so but here's the thing. So, the imposter carries a blade. Here's the thing. Christians are meant to carry a blade. So, I got this thing here called a Bible, right? This is called a Bible. And in a, the book of Ephesians, it says, it is a sword of the Spirit, right? That's what the, this is. It's a, it's a sword of the Spirit used to, it's a weapon of warfare that as a Christian's meant to use. So on the game Among Us, an imposter has a blade. The imposter has a sword used to, has a weapon. And then the same thing in Christianity, we are meant to have, be equipped with a sword. We're meant to be equipped with the Bible, the Word of God. The, the, the imposter is equipped with a, a weapon. We are meant to be equipped with a weapon. But here's the thing. Being equipped with a weapon, with uh, the Bible, isn't meaning, oh, well, I stick it in my backpack and bring it to school. Great, fantastic. Bit of spiritual flex. The purpose of being equipped with the Bible means you're in it daily. You know what it says. There's deposits in your life that you can bring them out. It's in your heart. It's in your mind. It's in your soul. That's the purpose of the Bible being equipped to your life. It's not just words on a page. It's God speaking to you and helping you live a godly life. Does that make sense in this place? I believe it should. And so, uh, yeah, so the question I really, you've got to ask yourself is, the imposter is equipped with a weapon. Are you equipped with the weapon God's given you? Uh, and so, um, the, the imposter is a person who sticks out. They live different. They don't live by the status quo. Not caught in the rat race. They have a different mission, and that should be the same for you. We have a different mission from God. And so you've got to understand that. In this room, tell them, you're an imposter. Toyin, you're an imposter. Scarlett, you are an imposter. Alana, everybody in this room, can you just poke the person beside you and say, you are an imposter. You are here to be different. And so we're not meant to be carrying around a butter knife. We're meant to be carrying around the blade of the Spirit, the Word of God. Amen.
So Romans 12.2, you probably have heard this one before if you've been to church before. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And you know what? The way we move from a crewmate to an imposter in life is by getting a hold of the word of God and saying, God, make change the way I think. Stop me from being greedy. Help me think more positively. Help me see God more clearly. That's the purpose of the Bible. And so the things that crewmates or the world would say, they might say, you know what? Let's gossip. Did you, did you see what they're wearing? You know what I mean? They, they say that. Did you hear how their voice sounded when their voice broke? That sounded ridiculous. Can I, who knows what? People can gossip. People can slander. People can mock. People can bully. That's what crewmates, that's what the world says. But you know what? When we have uh, the sword of the Spirit, when we know what the Word of God says, it goes, you know what? We're not a person that bullies someone. We're not someone that says, oh, look, they sound weird, never talk to them. We go, you know what? The Bible says God places the lonely in families. Maybe I'm the family member that that lonely person needs. You know what? When, when everyone else says, you know what? That person's a reject. Who cares about that person? We should be the very ones when we read the Bible. says, you know what, Josh? You are the change agent. You are the person that person needs to be loved and valued by. And so the, the world may say to people, you know what? You are unvaluable. You are unwanted. But we've got to carry a message that says, you know what? No person is not valuable. No person is not unwanted. You're wanted, you're valued, and you're needed in our world. And so if we go back to what we read in Mark chapter 10, James and John, the shotgun bros, right? Jesus whoops his disciples with some great leadership lessons. Can everybody say this? Leadership. Leadership. So... Jesus whoops these disciples. They go, you know what, Jesus, we want to call shotgun. And he goes, you know what, this is a great opportunity to talk about leadership. And so we're going to break down some leadership things right now. Because you know what, this room isn't a place full of teenagers. Uh -uh -uh. This is a place full of leaders. Tap yourself in the chest and go, I'm a leader. I'm a leader. You've got to understand, you are a leader. And so... Who, who knows, like politicians, state politicians, federal politicians. I believe we're going to see state and federal politicians come out of this youth ministry because you are leaders. I, I believe that we're going to see SR, what do they call them, school representative council, SRCs, prefects, college captains are going to come out of this youth ministry because you are leaders. You're a leader. You are. We're going to see sports captains come out of this youth ministry, under 17s, under 15s, under 13s, whatever other age category. We're going to see captains come out of this youth ministry because you are leaders. We're going to see uh, at your workplace, you're going to be a shift manager because you are leaders. I believe you're going to have that authority. You're going to have that influence, right? So Jesus says that most people think leadership is having a title, being the boss. Do this, do that. Who's an older sibling here? And you can tell your young siblings, hey, do this, do that, do this, do that. It's like when you've got a title... It's like having minions to do your work for, you know what I mean? That's the whole, everyone, that's the best part of leadership, you reckon? Hey, it's like, I'm the leader, I've got the boss, I've got some little slaves, I've got some little minions that can do my biddings. But, but that's not what Jesus says. The easy part of leadership is having a title, getting all the glory. That's the easy part of leadership. The hard part of leadership is having the ownership and initiative, right? So, the easy part of leadership is making the big calls. Who wants to be the boss one day and just say, you know what, do this. I'm going to be the boss, do that. 
I, I want this to happen, I want that to happen. That's the easy part of leadership. The hard part of leadership is that you make those decisions and then you've got to live with them. So it's easy for us to say, oh, if I was a prime minister, I would do this. Or if I was in control, I would do that. That's the easy part is to make the call. The hard part is to go, oh, now I've got to live with the decisions that I've made, right? So these are, the, these are things that we've got to understand when it comes to leadership. Um, that, uh, the, then, so who, who plays sport here or who understands sport? So here's an example, right? Everyone wants to be the captain and hold up the premiership when you win the grand final, right? When you win the grand final, everyone wants to like, hold that, get that selfie holding up the premiership cup going, yee, whatever, whatever your, your scream cheer is going, we did it, we won. But that, you know what real leadership is? Real leadership is when your teammate gets injured and you visit him in hospital. That's what real leadership is. Real leadership isn't getting all the glory on the profile picture going, yeah, look, I'm a champion. Real leadership is when you have ownership and initiative and you do things that nobody else would notice. Like, real leaders, they deal with dumb excuses. Man, I tell you what, when I was becoming a youth pastor, I thought everything was going to be amazing. Then you start hearing excuses like, oh, look, I can't come because uh, I'm having a funeral for my toenail. Um, look, I can't come tonight because I forgot youth was on a Sunday night, even though I'm texting you that I can't come. And they have all these things with all these excuses, and you go, where do they come from? And it baffles you. But the, a leader deals with those sorts of things. Leaders also deal with things like this. Um, they So other people overlook things. So uh, the, when you leave, there'll be rubbish on the ground, cans on the ground. You know what a leader does? They go, you know what? I see that rubbish. I'm going to deal with it. I don't go, did you see this person had a can drink? No, no, I go, you know what? I'm a leader. I have ownership and I have initiative. I'm not going to complain that someone else didn't because I carry that weight. Leaders look out and take control of things that other people don't do. That's what a leader is. So a leader, and so I want to talk about what separates a title carrier from a leader. Because anyone can have a title that says youth pastor, uh, uh, whatever title you want. But the difference between a good leader and a title carrier is this. So a title carrier will notice an issue, but they say, you know what, that's beneath me. I'm too cool for picking up cans. I'm too cool for picking up rubbish. I've, I've graduated from that, right? But then a leader, someone with uh, ownership and initiative goes, you know what, I don't just see the issue, but I make myself the solution of the issue. I don't just notice a problem, but I'm the person that can change this issue. I'm the person that can change this problem and I am a solution. So Jesus is saying leadership isn't shotgunning the front seat and just controlling the aux cord. He's saying that, and so I can say, book, shotgun, aux cord, I'll play the songs that I want. But then, uh, and then everyone else is like, man, these songs are trash. But J Jesus is saying leadership rather is when you get the front seat and you control the aux cord, play songs that everyone else likes. Life is about others. And you know what? Jesus says, among us, it will be different. Everybody else wants to be selfish, get the front seat, pick their songs. But Jesus is saying, you know what? One youth, we are to be different. We are meant to be people that are selfless. We are meant to be people that actually value others greater than ourselves. Shock horror. And so leadership is not, when, is not what people can do for you. Leadership is what you can do for people. And one youth, we are called to leadership. And so Jesus, the ultimate authority, the greatest ever leader, he didn't come to see what people could do for him. He came for what he could do for people. And so leadership isn't about how, we how people serve me. Leadership is how I can serve others. And so one youth, we are called to be different. Among us, it will be different, exactly. 
We are called to leadership and we are called to serve others. And so this world thinks life is about me. But when we get born again, when we get filled with the Holy Spirit, we get a revelation. No longer do I live life about suiting me, pleasing me. We go, God, how am I here to help others? So can you just say this after me? Life is not about me. Life is not about me. Turn to the person beside you. Life is not about me. Life is not about me. If you want to mature in life, the quicker you can learn that, the better you're going to be. When you understand I'm not on planet Earth to please me, but I'm actually here to make someone else's life better, life will be a lot more awesome for you. Trust me. So as a church, if you've been to One Heart Church before, you'd have heard Pastor Rob being saying that we're moving into a season for the one, right? For the one. We exist for others. We don't exist for our own happy time. We exist for others. And so if you look at our social media, uh, you'd have seen things about the, like, power night. We've got a power night tonight, right? And I got that from Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And I believe the Holy Ghost has power. He wants to unleash and unlock in your life. But we can read that first part of, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And go, sweet, I want the power of Jesus. Sweet, power, give me more. Give me, give me, give me, give me. Money, money, money. Holy Spirit, power, power, power on my life. Right? We can, we can believe for that. And then you might see uh, things in church. You might see people get touched by the power of God and they lay down and whatever else. I believe for all those things. But there's no point you getting touched by the Holy Spirit, rolling on the ground, yet nothing changes. Because then we continue reading and it says, you'll be my witness, basically paraphrased, everywhere. You receive the power of God to affect others. Shock horror. We get the power of Jesus. We come to youth. We get filled up to go, you know what? Because life isn't about me. Life isn't about my life. My life is about others, so I receive the power of God so I can be an effective person that helps other people. That's why we want the power of God, to be a witness everywhere. So we get filled with power, uh, not for an holy encounter, not that that's not bad. I believe for Holy Spirit encounters. I want them in you. But we have them that we have power to help others. And so every moment people connect with God, in, uh, when we connect with God, uh, and we understand what the Bible is saying to us, it causes us to do things for other people. And so uh, I want, if we just want to close our eyes right now, I just want to, uh, uh, just want to pray for us so that we can be people that truly understand what it is to live life different. Because among us, it will be different, right? And very interest, a very interesting thought as well. It says that in that last verse that we read in Matthew, it says, for the Son of... For even the Son of Man, Jesus, came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life for a ransom for many. And can I tell you what, one youth, if we can have a grasp of that in our lives, that we understand that Jesus came to earth, not for what we can do for him, he came to earth for what he could do for us. And the ultimate thing that he did for us was free us from sin, free us from the relationship that was severed with God. And I believe that everyone here, that you can get into a position, you can get into a moment where you have that, that you can go, Jesus, I thank you for what you've done. I thank you that you came to earth to serve me, that I could have my relationship restored back to the Father in heaven. And I just want to pray right now. So Holy Spirit, we just right now, we pray for one youth. God, I pray that we would have an understanding that just like that app of Among Us, the imposter, 
may at first glance seem the same, but they are very different. God, we are called to be very different. We're not called to obviously murder people, God, but we're meant to carry a weapon. We're meant to carry a blade, the word of God in our lives. God, I pray that that thing would become sharpened, that that thing would uh, change and develop our lives, that we can go around when the enemy is wanting bullies to run in our schools, that we go, you know what, we can stand up against that and go, God, we don't believe for bullying. We believe for friendships. We believe for happiness, and we believe for joy. Amen. So just, and before we leave, right, what we're going to do is, I've got, there's one of these out the front called the Vision 180, and it starts tomorrow. So on Monday, it starts. I'd encourage you, on the Monday, read the devotion because we that's a way that we get the blade of heaven in our life. That's a way that we can access the Bible and say, God, speak to me. Give me the keys. Give me, just like the apostle had a blade, I want that blade in my heart, in my life, so I can be the difference that my world needs. But what we're going to do right now is we're going to, there's going to be a song put on the screen. And I want to, I just want opportunity. If you go, you know what, Josh, so if we, can we just stand? All stand, all stand, all stand, all stand. Oh. So, as, as a start of the year, I know that a lot of us have already started school, basically. But it's going to be cool. You go, you know what, you know what, I want to be the imposter in my school. I want to be someone that doesn't just exist for what they can do for me, but I want to exist for what I can do for others. That you want to have dreams, visions. As this song plays, just come down the front and we're just going to pray and believe that God can do something in your uh, in your, your life. That God